Hi, I'm Casey, and welcome to the HelloFlow podcast, a space where we bridge together professional success and career alignment with personal well-being and spirituality. At a time when many people are awakening to their soul's purpose and navigating that messy but magical middle, I offer this space for growth, well-being, and spiritually grounded practices to support you in your daily grind and pursuit of embodying your dharma. After tuning into this podcast, I hope you receive the inspiration, empowerment, and applicable tools to usher in more ease and flow in your life and equip you as you discover, develop, and evolve your dharma. Now on to the episode. I'm going to start this episode with the saying that time is precious, no regrets. I have been thinking a lot about choices we make now, habits we form, commitments we make, actions we take or don't take, and how it all impacts not only our day-to-day lives, but our long-term happiness and well-being. So in this week's episode, I wanted to share two different pieces of work that are widely known and has helped educate the world about these topics. The first is a memoir written and published in 2011 by Bonnie Ware, a caregiver and a nurse to those with serious, complex, and often terminal illnesses. Over the years, working with patients and hearing their stories, she heard the same five regrets as they reflected back on their lives laying on their deathbeds. The saying I said at the beginning of the episode is off her official website. The second is an 85-year Harvard University study on happiness and what's needed to flourish in life. In this study, they discuss the indisputable key to achieving both. Let's start off with the top five regrets and in no particular order. First, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. This sounds straightforward and easy, but I believe it is really hard to follow when we can be so easily influenced and conditioned away from our true selves since childhood and our upbringing. This statement is why I do the work I do as a Dharma coach and human design reader. Because oftentimes we put on a mask or feel like we need to be somebody else in different environments in order to achieve success or even feel like we belong and are accepted. However, the path towards fulfillment and purpose is by returning to your true self before we were influenced and conditioned and made to think we had to be someone outside of ourselves. Second, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Oof, if you are listening to this podcast, this one may hit hard because I know you care about your career and profession and you are likely someone who puts a lot of energy in their work. I get it and I'm with you. Even if you are quite passionate about what you do for work or for anything that you are putting any type of work productivity energy towards, this can serve as an important reminder to not only take time away physically, but mentally as well. In today's age, especially with the ushering in of the industrial revolution, followed by the age of technology, there is unfortunately the emphasis of profits over people, efficiency over quality, greater and more access to information, and the ability to get to places faster than ever before. All of this can create dysregulated nervous systems and unnecessary pressure and stress that leads to things like burnout and humans operating on autopilot. We are here to not only live, but to thrive. 
This serves as a gentle reminder to slow down and don't make work so much a part of your life that you miss the other more important parts. Third, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. This is something I am personally learning and practicing more every day. Although I believe I've gotten better over time, there is still a lot for me to learn and practice here. When we hold back our feelings, we hold back our truth, and we dim our voice. Not expressing feelings can also lead to miscommunication and miscues in relationships with others. Conversely, expressing our feelings is a necessity for a happy life, as stated in Bonnie Ware's book. So where are you holding back on expressing your feelings? It's important to not only pay attention to what's on your mind, but also to listen to your body when it comes to understanding your feelings. And while understanding and acknowledging your feelings is the first step, this lesson is about having the courage to express them. Fourth, I wish I had let myself be happier. When I read this, I immediately thought about how we all tend to stay stuck in our heads with the stories that have been looping for a while or how we talk to ourselves. While expressing how we truly feel to others is one thing, another is how we talk to ourselves and how we express our feelings internally. If we are speaking to ourselves in a disempowering tone, this can keep us from feeling at peace and happier in general. There are many tools and approaches to address these two thoughts, including traditional therapy, meditation and mindfulness activities, spending time in nature, subconscious reprogramming, inner child and shadow work, journaling and reflection, working with a coach, and many more that you can add to your support system. And if you haven't already, the episode I published prior to this one is called Curating Your Well-Being Kit and Creating Your Practice. I recommend taking a listen as you think through how you want to create or evolve your support structure, including tools, resources, practitioners, and guides that can help you along the way. Another piece I thought about when I read this regret is what we may be holding back from pursuing and living the life we want to live and lead. I am very passionate about this as I believe it's linked to our soul's purpose, what we are meant to express and serve in this lifetime. In a future episode, I'll be covering the top fears that hold people back from pursuing and living their truth, their dharma. And finally, the fifth regret. I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. We are all so busy with our lives, especially as we get older and we start to drift. Whether it's due to distance, different interests, or life directions, it is easy to lose touch with friends and it makes sense if you are on different wavelengths or lose common connections or interests. I think that's natural. So when it comes to social connection with friends, think about who lifts you up. Who can you be your natural self around? Who do you fully trust? Who do you feel safe sharing your emotions with? Who truly supports you throughout the different seasons of life? Who not only do you share common interest with, but who also challenges you and gives you different perspective? Who expands you and helps you grow as a person? And who do you feel good around from an energetic perspective? There are more considerations, but these can give you a good start. Who have you lost in touch with that you want to reconnect with? How are you nurturing your current friendships that are for your highest good and connects you to your most magnetic self? 
This is a good pivot to the key factor to living a life of happiness and the most impactful thing to you flourishing. The indisputable key to living a happy life was determined by an ongoing 85-year study led by Harvard called the Harvard Study of Adult Development, which is one of the longest-running studies on happiness. That study says the number one key to a happy life is social fitness and embracing community which I don't think is a coincidence that it is somewhat of a reflection of the last two lessons I just went over. I wish I let myself be happier and I wish I stayed in touch with my friends. Now, what does social fitness mean? Yes, it means relationships, but particularly healthy and balanced relationships. The number one influence on our health is our relationships and how happy we are in our relationships. Think about how your body reacts when you have a deep, an impactful conversation with a close friend, or conversely, when you have a disagreement with your romantic partner or a parent. Creating and establishing friendships is one thing, but taking stock, nurturing, and tending to our connections that are for our highest good is what truly helps us thrive and flourish in life. I love what Robert Waldinger, director of the study, a psychiatrist and professor of psychiatry says, Taking care of your body is important, but tending to your relationships is a form of self-care too. That, I think, is the revelation in the study. The study reveals that close relationships, more than money or fame or social positioning, are what keep people happy throughout their lives. While some people have genetics that they can attribute towards their level of happiness, it is close relationships and connections that protect people from life's discontents and are better predictors of physical health and long and happy lives. Additionally, strong relationships don't just protect our physical bodies, they also protect our brains, according to the study. What I thought was interesting when reading about this study is that when this study first began, nobody thought or cared about empathy or connection or relationships. But after decades, it is indisputable and clear that healthy aging is all about healthy and balanced relationships. Let's wrap this up with a summary of choices, commitments, or things you can shift your energy towards for long-term happiness and well-being. So at the end of this lifetime, you have less regrets and more happy and healthy memories. One, rediscover your core essence, your true self, and live your life shining in it. Two, don't make your life all about work and work productivity. Three, express your feelings and speak your truth. Four, find your happiness and pursue it. Five, build and nurture healthy and balanced social relationships. My perspective is this. Use these as guardrails if they empower you to live the life you want to lead. Take what supports you now and revisit over time. These are great thought starters to reflect on and check in with where you're at with each of these lessons. Also, I am aware that privilege comes with pursuing some of these that we all have unique and nuanced lives and that everyone has a different version of happiness and success. And that version changes over time as we get older. So now that you are equipped with a little more information on how to lead a happier and healthier life, what are you reflecting on? What shifts are you committing to making? Let me know, visit me on my website or on my Instagram. My handle is at Casey Can. The links are also listed in the show notes. I would love to hear from you. And now I will leave you with a quote from Bonnie Ware, 
nurse and best-selling author of the top five regrets of the dying, a life transformed by the dearly departing. She says, if we are able to face our own inevitable death with honest acceptance before we have reached that time, then we shift our priorities well before it is too late. This gives us the opportunity to then put our energies into directions of true value. Once we acknowledge that limited time is remaining, although we don't know if that is years, weeks, or hours, we are less driven by ego or by what other people think of us. Instead, we are more driven by what our hearts truly want. This acknowledgement of our inevitable approaching death offers us the opportunity to find greater purpose and satisfaction in the time we have remaining. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I would love to hear what resonated with you. So follow and DM me on Instagram at Casey Can and let me know. You can also find other ways to stay connected with me by visiting the links in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in and see you on the next episode of the HelloFlow podcast.